0: Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. This morning, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Joshua chapter six as we continue our series on New Normal with a message entitled, Praise Paves the Way. Praise Paves the Way. But we're in this series where God is speaking to us about things that'll make a big difference in our life, that will help us conquer new territory, that will help us to experience new blessing, because God has new things that he wants to do. He wants to take us to a place of blessing where we've never been before, not just as a church, but in everybody's life individually. God wants to do things you've never seen before. And if we're going to experience that, one of the great keys to living in an overflow of God's blessing in our life and seeing impossible things happen and seeing things happen we have never seen before, one of the great keys is praise. Praise paves the way. Let's look at it, Joshua chapter six, verse two. The Lord said to Joshua, "'See, I've given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor.'" So here is what God sees. The city in verse one says it's still shut up, nobody's going out, nobody's coming in. God declares before the miracle the victory. But that doesn't mean just because God has declared a victory that they don't have a a part to play. Says in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, the people walked around the walls of Jericho. By faith, it required faith, here's why. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once, thus you shall do for six days. So for every day, for six days, they're gonna march around once. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets, and when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, and everyone straight before him. There's gonna be some things required of you and I, if we're going to see God work, in our life like we've never seen him work before. One of the things, and just in passing that I wanna mention to you is God's ways are not our ways. God does things totally different. It doesn't mean he's illogical, but his ways are so far above our ways. God sees things differently and God's gonna ask you and I to do things in our life that require a step of faith. I mean, imagine it. The armed men going around the city of Jericho one time going back to the camp, feeling like, what did I accomplish? I didn't see anything happen. Did you see anything happen? I mean, the walls, nothing was happening. You See, there's times God asks us to do things by faith and we don't see anything change physically, but that doesn't mean that things aren't happening spiritually. We walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Faith sees the invisible. Faith understands that there's things happening you and I can't see. They're walking around, they're not seeing anything, but they're doing it by faith. Sometimes we want an instant answer. We want it to happen almost every time we do. And some people quit, and some people get discouraged, and some people conclude it doesn't work and God's not going to do it, when none of that is true, God has called us to walk by faith, which means we know things, we're certain of things, we're convicted of things even when we can't see them, I know. I can stand and tell you, listen, this summer's gonna be spectacular. How do I know it? I believe God has put it in my heart. By faith, I'm walking in that, I'm believing it. I've not seen one thing of it yet, but I'm telling you it's true. So there's not only the issue of faith, but there's the issue of shouting and vocalizing. So there's more than one thing. So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass before the Ark of the Lord. Just as Joshua had commanded the people, seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them, the armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded to the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. You know why? Sometimes people are better to be silent than they are to be talking because you can imagine if they're allowed to talk, they're walking around the walls and people saying, I don't know if this is gonna work. I don't, I mean, have you seen anything? And God says, listen, I'm not gonna let you damage the faith of people around you by speaking doubt concerning what's gonna happen. Listen, if you, if you can't muster a, a vocal response of faith, just don't say anything. Don't ruin the faith. Some of you, you God is stirring in your family, he's stirring your mate, he's stirring your friends, and, and you're a bit skeptical for whatever reason or any number of reasons, and can I just encourage you to keep quiet? Nobody needs to hear your sarcasm, your negativity, or your doubt. Not when miracles are at stake. I don't want to be unkind. I'm just saying, let's believe God's going to do something big. And let's, if we can't speak to it, let's not speak against it, right? You should not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth. Until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city going about it once. And they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did for six days. And on the seventh day, they rose early at dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times, and at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then in verse 20. So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Now that's a very, very unusual story, a very, very interesting story. Certainly would make no physical sense. Certainly you would never imagine that somebody could take a city that way. The story itself is very straight up. What's important to me is that we gain the principle from it. One of the ways that we study scripture and we find out what a passage is talking about is we look for words that are repeated within that passage. And when you see a word that's repeated once, twice, maybe three times, you know that that's what that passage is about. In Joshua chapter six though, the word shout or shouted is repeated nine times. So this is a passage on shouting. More specifically, it's on the shout of praise. In Joshua chapter 6, the word in the Hebrew for shout is the word ruah. Ruah can be defined this way. This is what the the Strong's concordance says, to split the ears with sound. Shout for joy or alarm. So this is a word of praise. This is a word of celebration. This is a word of lifting our voice to the Lord. And that word is used nine different times in the Psalms. And every single time, it is a shout of joy. I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been a time when you faced the Jericho? Has there ever been a time when you faced a situation and you needed God to do a miracle and you lifted your voice in a shout of praise? Not after it happened, but before it happened, because you said, I believe God has given me this spiritual weapon to bring about a victory, and you shouted to the Lord. Has that happened? I know I'm making many of you nervous right now. Some of you, you're looking at your spouse, you're looking at your friends, you're like, you told me this place was a good church. (laughs) Listen, wherever you see God moving around the world, wherever there's a move of God, there will be the sound of vocalized praise of people lifting up their voice to the Lord. Always, that's true. A dead church tells people, shh, you're in church. (laughs) The enemy loves to silence praise because the enemy understands that where there is no celebration of praise, there is a diminishing of spiritual victory and power. He loves it. But we have to be careful that we're not more committed to our tradition, or our upbringing, or especially, let me say this, our comfort zone. We don't find ourselves more committed to our comfort zone than we do the convictions, and the principles, and the teaching of scripture. Honestly, if God says it in the word, it's true. And if God's about it, we should be about it. If he's not about it, we don't want any part of it, right? But when you read through the scripture, what you find is, The shout of praise is all over scripture. And if the shout of praise is all over scripture, then it should be in our life. It should be in the church. I pray we're never a quiet church. I pray we're never, uh, you you will know, hey, are there, people say, be still and know that I am God. There is a time and a place, and there, I'm not discounting times of, of, reverential silence where people are where there's just a wave of the spirit that silences hey that can happen but that's the exception in the Psalms not the rule the rule is people get excited about God people you know hallelujah praise the Lord Hallel is like It's like the wide receiver in the end zone doing the touchdown dance as the people are going crazy. That's what Hallel means. That's what praise means. It's an exuberant, it's it's a celebration. It's the whole heart, the whole mind, the whole soul celebrating not your favorite team, but celebrating your only God, the one true, faithful, powerful, majestic, awesome, one who's worthy of all praise. I mean, I'm loving this right now, because I thought Memorial Day weekend, all the rain we've had, the clouds, I thought you'd be quiet, but man, you're kind of getting it. Some of you know where this is headed. Because I believe in practicing scripture. Okay? So I'm gonna warm you up here, okay? I'm not gonna warm you up with my oratory, that won't work. We gotta warm you up with the Word of God. Let me give you just a few of the nine. won't do all nine. Here they are. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy.
1: Shout with joy to God, all the earth. Sing for joy to God, our strength. He's our strength.
0: Shout aloud to the
1: God of Jacob.
0: And the Lord had to put that in there because, you know, some of you would, would shout. Go back, if you could, just to the verse. He had to put this aloud because some of you would say, Well, I'm not shouting on the outside, but I am on the inside. God was thinking of you when he wrote that. That's you, right there. Okay, next verse. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. You could do it grumpy, it's just not very fun. Come before him with joyful songs. How do you and I come before the Lord? What is it that he desires from us? What is it
1: that he prescribes? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Oh Lord, you did this, you did
0: this, you did this. And his courts with praise. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. When we're shouting to the Lord, you say, what do I shout? I just don't know what I would shout. I'm gonna help you here. I should have had cue cards made because, but I'm assuming you can write it down. A good shout is hallelujah, it means praise the Lord. Or just say it in your native tongue, praise the Lord. Or you shout to God and you give him praise. You say, oh God, you are great. You are greatly to be praised. There's no one like you. So that's what we're talking about, okay? Loud, loud. So that the person in front of you, and this is really great with the concrete floors. The person in front of you, they're they're like, whoa. Okay. Now y'all warmed up. You've had a little practice. You've got the scriptural underpinning. You know what the Bible says. So now it's all a matter of being obedient to the Bible. That's all, it, that's all it's a matter of. is just saying, wow, that is in the Bible. That's everywhere. I'll tell you what. I don't want... You know, I'm not satisfied with Arrowhead being the loudest stadium in the world. I mean, I'm not satisfied with that. What I'm satisfied with is James River being the loudest church in the world, right? Come on, let's stand.
1: Everybody up. Come on, I want you to shout.
0: God, Oh, you may be seated if you can, and if you're watching online, your neighbors are wondering what in the world is going on at their house or in their apartment. I'd love it if you were doing it in Starbucks as you are watching this. And if you were, please, please let us know. We will share your testimony. You say this, some of you are facing a Jericho in your situation, and Jericho's come in all sizes and shapes. Could be physical, could be financial, could be relational, could be emotional, could be whatever. But I believe God brought you here, has you watching online, has you at Joplin, has you at the North Campus, the West Campus, wherever that you're at and you're hearing this message, or in the weeks to come as it goes out on the podcast that God is speaking directly to your heart and he's giving you something that you need to understand about the victory he wants to bring into your life, that it's not gonna be enough just to believe. The people believed, by faith, they walked around the walls of Jericho, but there came a moment where they had to apply a whole heart, shout to the Lord, where they were crying out to God, and in that moment, the power of God pushed down the walls. Yes, they had faith, but it was when they shouted that the walls came tumbling down. You can have faith, you can believe, you can say if God wants to, will do it, which I hate when people say that. That's not true. God wants to do a lot of things never happen because people don't mix faith with obedience to see through what God has called them to do. Faith, people are not persevering in believing God to bring them to a place of victory. Don't give up, don't quit. Believe God's gonna do it. He is faithful, he is true. He delights to show himself powerful. And as you lift up the shout of praise in faith, he's gonna do it. So let me just quickly give you three principles why praise paves the way. Number one, praise is a spiritual weapon. So this is how this works, why this works. Psalm 149 tells us, may the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hand. The Bible says this, the word of God is sharper, Hebrews chapter four, than any two-edged sword. As you and I are speaking the Word of God, there is spiritual battles that are happening. There are things that are going as we're declaring with our whole heart, our whole being, the praise of God. Powerful things are happening. Praise is a weapon. Because as we all understand, life's not just a physical fight. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world. There's a demonic world that's very real. There's a battle that is happening. They need to be defeated, and you won't defeat them with physical weapons. Take spiritual weapons. If we're going to fight a spiritual battle, we've got to have spiritual weapons. Listen, it's not just your neighbor. It's not just your boss. It's not just just that you have a virus. It's not just this or that. It's that there's a battle that's happening. And we need spiritual weapons to fight that. I don't want what just I can do. I want what only God can do. And I want it as often as I can in as many ways as I can get it. Second Corinthians 10 and verse three says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. It's not just who you know. It's not how much money's in your bank account. It's not all of those things. It's not how smart you are. It's not how hard you can work. All those things may have their place under the hand of God and his blessing, but watch this, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Paul pictures part of the spiritual warfare as demolishing demonic strongholds or fortresses in our life. In the Hundred Years War, England invaded France and they set up in northern France a series of fortresses and strongholds. Those strongholds were were so well built, so well fortified, that it took the French a hundred years to drive the English out of northern France. It gave them permanency. Imagine a century. Here's what the devil wants to do. He watches, he studies, he observes. And his plan for dominating people and ultimately defeating people is, he wants to build strongholds. And where do strongholds start? They start in the heart, they start in the mind. They start internally, in the invisible realm. He watches you, he baits you, he tempts you. You have to be careful where you let your mind go. You have to be careful what you set your affections on. Because whatever you desire, if you desire it, what happens is that desire, Jesus said in the parable of the seed in the soil, he said that desire can choke When you have a desire for other things, it can choke out spiritual life. Let me tell you how that works. Anything you and I desire, we empower in our life. You're allowing it to have a place in your mind, in your heart, in your life, and it begins to govern, and it begins to rule, and it begins to direct. Here's the way the enemy uses it. He plants a thought by what we see, by what we hear, by what we feel. He bombards our mind with that thought. Or he takes a suspicion, he takes a fear, he takes a reasoning, he takes a feeling, he takes a desire. He knows what you like, what you don't like. He knows what attracts you and what doesn't attract you. He knows your insecurities, your weaknesses, and your fears. And slowly over time, he begins to build up a stronghold, brick by brick by brick, until he's governing a part of your life. What was Jericho? It's a stronghold. What was Jericho? It was a fortress. What brought down Jericho? It was the shout
1: of praise to God mixed with the faith of people to obey God
0: that brought about a victory. Praise is a weapon that will destroy the strongholds and fortresses in your life. Some of you, and you say, well, how do I know if it's a stronghold? Is it something you can't beat? Is it something you keep coming back to? Is it something that won't go away? Is it something that you say, I guess this is part of who I am? No, it's the enemy. And praise is a weapon yes. to tear down the stronghold. Number two, praise brings God's presence into our situation. And the presence of God in scripture, when you see that word, uh, invariably, it's, tra- it's a word that's actually, it's face. Uh, So when we're talking about the presence of God, we're talking about the face of God. You say, what does that mean? Well, you're seeing God, the presence of God is God. The presence of God is God himself and all that he is, all that he does, the presence is his voice, the presence is his power, the presence is his working, the presence is his wisdom. When you and I begin to praise God, what happens is God comes down, His presence comes down into our situation. Psalm 22 and verse 3 Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In the King James, it puts it this way Yet you are holy, you inhabit the praises of your people. God inhabits, God, when we start praising God, what happens is God's presence comes down into our place, into wherever we're at. You want the, the presence of the Lord in, in wherever you're at? Begin to praise God, begin to pray, have praise music playing. Don't just let those other people be praising God for you, don't let them do it for you. Don't let Randall and the team, his greatest job as they do, don't let them do it for you. Don't let Dylan, don't don't let whoever the worship team is do it for you. You praise God. They're not performers. They're designed to lead us into the presence of God. And as, as we begin to praise God, God inhabits, God sits enthroned on the praise of his people. And, and I want you to think about this. On the other hand, let's say that you come in and, and you're, you're negative, I don't know why we gotta do this, I don't like that song, why is it, why is it so hot? Why do I have to stand on concrete? Why didn't I get a seat in a, up in the stadium? And why, you know, all the things people can do. Who do you think sits enthroned on those comments and complaints? We have to think about this. Listen, if there's a problem, we want to fix it. We want to help you with it. Some things are what they are. We not getting seats for a while, okay? So we're in the process of redoing this when it's done. It's gonna be wonderful to last us for another few decades. I've seen people get saved, all that stuff. <laughs> Psalm 50, watch this. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me. So. You come in here and you say, God, I'm just gonna offer a a thank offering to you. God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the way you've helped me this week. Thank you that this morning I woke up and that I'm in your presence right now. I just thank you for that. You're honoring God when you do that. And he prepares the way so that I might show him the salvation of God. You start praising God, you're preparing the way, you're, you're getting things ready, you're setting the table for God to show you his deliverance, for God to show you his power, for God to show you his work, for God to, This is why I would tell you, listen, you never get enough church. You never, you never want to be in a pl- situation where you say, oh, we went last week, you don't need to go this week. Listen, you want to go every single week because every single week you want what only happens when the saints of God gather together either in person or online because you want to sense the power, you want to sense the presence. You want to prepare the way for the week. Literally, as the song services, you know what, if you, and, and I'm not, I brought it up a few times. So, you know, I'm not after anybody. I'm not upset about anything. I thought you did really good. You came great today. But let me just say this. Sometimes people have the idea, well, you know what, if we just, as long as we get in there by the announcement time or the last song. Listen, you need to get in here at the start, and the reason why you wanna get in here at the start is you wanna prepare the way for what God's going to do in this service, in the lives of people, and in your own life, and you know what? The more time you spend preparing the way, guess what? The greater the deliverance you're going to see. That's just true. The more time you give, that you spend in the presence of God, the more of God you're gonna see in your life. Well, Psalm 34. Now, this, this, there's a superscription above it in Lottie Bibles of David. So David wrote this when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he left. So that's a story in First Samuel. And David goes; he's running from Saul, he's trying to kill him, and he goes to the Philistines, who are the mortal enemies of Israel. It's the dumbest thing in the whole world that he would do it. I mean, he's, for crying out loud, he's killed Goliath. Where's Goliath from? He's the champion from Gath. What city is he going to? Gath. It's like, hello? (laughs) Why does he do it? Right before this, this, or right as he gets ready to go, it says, he thought to himself, someday Saul will surely kill me. You have to be very careful what you tell yourself about your situation. Because if you tell your things, if you tell yourself things that are not consistent with the promises of God over your life, or the prophecies God has given you about your life, because God had given him prophecy, someday you're going to be the king of Israel. When you start putting more confidence in what you think and what you feel than in the Word of God, you will make terrible decisions. Here's David. He gets in Gath, and all of a sudden they're like, "This is the dude who killed Goliath." And David's like, oh, snap, (laughs) bad decision. So what does he do? He starts letting spit dribble down his beard and starts scribbling on the gates like a madman. And the king's like, listen, I got enough madmen around here. I don't need one more, get him out of here. And he gets away. That's the background for this. David says, I learned a few things. What did he learn? Listen to this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He says, you know what happened to me? I stopped praising God. I started listening to myself. I started believing me more than I did looking to God. And I made a big mistake that almost cost me everything. I'm not going there anymore. I'm not doing that again. I will bless the Lord. I'll praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm not just going to bless him." when I'm at the 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 tabernacle I'm gonna bless him all the time my soul makes its boast in the Lord the humble will hear and be glad oh magnify the Lord with me what does that mean you got a magnifier glass what do you do you magnify it makes something big what's magnifying God it's making God big you make God big your problems get small you make your problems big your God gets small right He says, I'm not going to make my problems bigger than God. I'm going to make God bigger than every single problem I can face. Oh, magnify the Lord. How do you magnify the Lord? You start looking to him and you start exalting him, right? What happens is the more I praise God, the bigger God gets. The more I shout and declare his glory, the more of his glory I see, I experience, I feel. The more of his glory is released in the circumstances, the situations of my life. When I'm praising God, things are happening in me and around me and ahead of me. He's going before me. He's getting big. He's filling up all of that space with his glory and his power. That's what he's saying. It's an amazing thing. You say, oh, I wonder if it works. Look at it in verse 8. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Some of you are making the mistake. You're thinking again, well, if I see God do this, then I'll praise him. No, no, no. Taste and then see. Let praise Come in your mouth and then see the glory of the Lord. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see how good God is. He's better than you can possibly imagine. He's good and he does good. He is a good God. He wants to do good. I don't know what you've heard about God, but if you haven't heard first and foremost, he's a good God, then you've heard all the wrong things about God because the gospel starts there. God so loved the world. He's a good God. He loves you. That's good. Let's shout right now for his goodness. Lord, we thank you. You're good. Number three, when we praise God, we are fighting the battle spiritually so we can win the battle physically. I've alluded to this throughout, so this is not brand new to you. A lot of people will say, well, I'll, you know, if God just bring me through, then I'm, I'm gonna praise him, or I'm gonna do this and that. No, praise him before. Praise him before in the battle of Jericho did they shout The shout of praise before the walls fell or after the walls fell. They shouted it before, and because they shouted it before the walls fell, if they don't say anything, nothing is going to happen. We praise God before the victory because that's what brings the victory. Listen, let me just say this. That takes discipline. That takes getting a hold of yourself takes what we've called before, soul control. Where you say, my soul, why art thou downcast within me? Hope in God. Sometimes you gotta talk to yourself. I'll bless the Lord at all times, Psalm 103. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. Because sometimes you don't feel like worshiping God sometimes you don't feel like praising and that's the time you more desperately than ever need to praise and that's the time when you do it God sees it and God says they are doing it it's hard for them they're struggling to do it but they're doing it and I'm going to bless them I'm going to show them a power they've never seen and a breakthrough like they've never experienced this pattern is throughout the Bible. We've looked at it in the Psalms, you look at it in the book of Joshua, Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 22. Remember Jehoshaphat and the land of Judah, they're being invaded by this massive army, they're scared out of their mind. They say, God, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. The word, about prophet says, listen, I'm a, I got a plan. God's got a plan for you. Here is the plan. When you go down to fight this battle, what you need to do is get the Levites out front, have them singing, and let's all just have a, a gigantic praise service on our way to battle, and God's gonna deliver you. Again, very unorthodox but it shows the power of praise to bring about deliverance. Look at, as they began to sing in praise, the Lord said ambushes. If they don't, they're not gonna experience God's power. And uh, they turn on one another, the enemy does, and when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. It's the power of praise to transform your situation, to set you free from the things that hold you bound and chained and in bondage. So all this is Old Testament, that is Old Testament. Okay, New Testament, Acts chapter 16. You've got Paul and Silas, and they've been jailed and imprisoned, and it says this, the crowd joined in the attack against them, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. You can believe it was really a, a bad beating. And after they have been severely flogged, so their, the skin's been peeled from their back, they were thrown in prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened them, fastened their feet in stocks. So the stocks were designed to spread the legs and cause the legs to cramp. So their legs are cramping, their back is bloody and raw. And all of this for preaching the gospel. Hey, I thought God was with me. Hey, I thought God loved me. I I thought God was good. Where's the goodness? You see, once we begin to look just purely physically at our situation, we can talk ourselves out of doing the one thing that will change everything that will bring about the miracle in our life. Be very, very careful about how much stock you put in what you can see. That's John, man. That's about as good a point as I've heard you make all sermon. It's good. Be very careful how much stock you put in what you physically can see. Because, because we walk by faith, and not by sight. And there's a spirit world that trumps the physical world every single time. There's a spiritual world that overrides it. The, your, your battles are won spiritually, then they're won physically. I mean, this is just true, watch this. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and here they are singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Some Listen, people are watching you. They're watching how you go through what you go through. They're listening to what you say. They're taking notes, and when you're praising God, they're thinking, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Look at the mess you're in, but you're praising God, and you're trusting God, and God is strengthening you, and things are happening in the spirit world, and they can't see it because they don't know the Lord. Of course they can't see it, but you know that God is at work because God is good, and God is powerful, and God honors his word, and when, when whosoever offers praise glorifies me and prepares the way so that I might show them the salvation of God, and God in heaven to praise of is I mean listen get these in your heart get them in your mind write them down memorize them live them practice them watch what God will do Paul and Silas Paul says to Silas you know Silas I don't know if I felt worse but I also know this there is a God who is watching over us. And if we praise him, we can turn this thing around. Are you with me? And Silas says, okay, uh, you'll have to help me find the pitch. I can't sing very well. And Paul says, okay, let's hit it in F. So there they go. They start singing suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and once all, and at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Do you realize that their praise not only blessed them with deliverance, but resulted in the deliverance of people around them? Do you realize that when God pours out his blessing on you, there is so much, it just starts spilling over on other people around you, that there's more than enough to go around, that God will bless you and he'll bless your family and he'll bless your coworkers? listen i don't know what you're going through i don't know what you're facing but god brought you to church today, in person or online, that you could hear this message, that you could apply it, and when you do, God is going to work in your life in a supernaturally miraculous way, and you're gonna experience his blessing like you've never experienced it before. That's how praise works. It paves the way for God's goodness. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen.